Welcome back to Careful Boys. We have with us a very special guest today, and that is Mr. Big Herc. Hey. So Big Herc, uh, a lot of people might know him from his prison YouTube, but I actually know him from way back in the day. Met this dude in car meets, and he had one of the most remarkable life stories that I've ever heard. Uh, hopefully we'll get a nice background of that whole thing. I know it's a really long story. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. We're making YouTube videos in prison? No, 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 no. Uh, TikTok YouTube? <laughs> prison TikTok? Yeah, like, Everyone, if you like, just subscribe. I'll see you guys next week. No, I didn't have a cell phone in prison. I started after I got out. But I met Ryan before I started my channel. I had a different business. I had a clothing line when I met him and I was in the cars and that was like our initial passion together and um, I think I started the YouTube after I started YouTube like a couple years after yeah, that yeah way after yeah way after that so yeah um, what got you into YouTube that's so like um, random well YouTube I, you know when I was in little background I did 120 well I was sentenced to 120 months in federal prison for armed bank robbery hostile takeover um, I ended up doing 8 years 8 months went down in 2000 I got out in 2000 8 October. Well, Can we rewind a little bit? The, <laughs> the words just come out yeah. so fast. Was this was this in California? It was in Ventura. It was on the news. It was uh, I ran across the freeway, high speed chase. Uh, That's crazy. What, what, is that, what exactly <laughs> is, a, uh, is a hostile takeover? A hostile takeover is when you come in with ski masks, you tell people to get on the ground, you basically take over the bank, have somebody jump over the counter, um, somebody got hit with a gun. I mean, they took money. I mean, it was just a whole... It was, it was like, you know, something you would see in a movie. How many dudes were there? There was me, a driver, and another gunman. And I'm the only one still alive out of that case. Whoa, oh, shit. Like, like the law enforcement hit the other two? Or? Well, when the other guy got out, he died of natural causes, lupus. And the other no guy, way. if you don't remember, um, some years back, a homeless guy got shot like five times by LAPD down there. He was They were doing a sweep. Um, that was my co-defendant. He he went to prison. He went crazy. Oh shit! Oh, shit. Got out was homeless. I remember there was that other thing that happened in Ventura when the two dudes had like those machine guns and stuff. Remember? Oh, the body armor guys. That was North Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. That was the Russian guys. Yeah, yeah. We we oh. didn't go out like that. Them dudes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we didn't go out like that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had. That. I wish I was. Uh, in retrospect, you know. They caught me on the beach, man. Did you have any like? A warm-up hostile takeovers before you did yeah. like a like yeah. Did you do like a liquor store or something first? To Washington Mutual. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. I don't want to incriminate myself, but I was doing a lot of street shit, you know. And I when that mentality, I don't even know that person today, but you know, when I speak on just different things that I see these youngsters doing, I live that life and I know the mentality. And you know, I didn't have a sense of just the consequence of my actions, mm. but um. You know, like I said, if somebody, you said, hey, man, this dude right here, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, where you at? All right, kick back, you know. And I would, you know, I was one of them type of dudes. I would handle business, man. I didn't have, it, it, I felt like I was I was just that dude. I had built up in my mind I was that gangster dude. And and if something needed to be dealt with, so to me, the, the natural progression was, oh, hit a, hit a bank. You know what I mean? I'd already. <laughs> That's a natural progression. <laughs> I knew the streets. And, um, and I didn't know these dudes as far as like from my hood or anything so it, was, it wasn't like i kind of jumped out there with that but it was a purpose for it because i went into prison and i actually um learned some things about myself and uh and found a mentor and came out a better person and that's where i came up with the idea for fresh out while i was in prison just you know my thing when i was in prison unlike a lot of people i separated myself from everybody i didn't have any homies 
You know, a lot of people go to prison, they know somebody, hey man, what's up? Oh, you didn't know anybody in there? Nobody. I had nobody I knew from the streets. Where did you go to prison? Uh, Long Park USP. So I went to Long Park USP. That's by our farm, bro. <laughs> uh, it looks like a dungeon, you know, the old, yeah. look like castle, they call it the castle. Long yeah. Park USP, I went to the, the, to the high, the USP. And then I went to um, Sheridan, and then I went to Herlong. I got out of Herlong. But um, yeah, man, I just, when I got in there and I'm sitting around, and dude, you, it's like the sales literally like, me and me and Ryan couldn't even stand up together. Like this is how big. Like I gotta sit down for him to stand up. You can go like this and touch the walls. That's you crazy. can touch the ceiling. I mean, that's how small it is. The toilet right here. You gotta kind of go around the toilet. I mean, this is it's a it's a little it's a small bathroom. Your bathroom is probably about big as a cell. Maybe the cell is a little bit smaller. Wow. And you got like wow. two people. Two cell. people living in there. Wow. And Long Park, the USP back then, it was serious, man. It was like. You had major crime bosses up in there, cartel dudes. Um, wow. You had guys in there. You know, the average sentence in there was, you know, 30 years. So there's a lot of lifers? I've been down 20. Oh, my God. I've met a dude. He had five lives plus 100. Whoa. I'm like, damn, dude, they gave you 100 on top of the five? <laughs> yeah. What'd you do, man? Oh, man. What did he do? So if he, he got one life off, so he still had four more, but... They figured by the time you get all the lives off, you still got the hundred. How do you get a life off anyway? God, just fighting in a law library trying to peel, but that process <laughs> takes years, years. Oh, I mean, dude, there's oh my god. Does he have a good good sense of humor about it? Or it's like, ah, yeah, it's just five lives. <laughs> <laughs> you try not to even tell nobody how much time you're doing because you don't want somebody to be like, oh, you're short timing. Because I've had people say, oh, oh man, you only got you only got a ten year. Oh man, you you got another one in you. I said, no, I don't. You got another one in you. Dude, these OG. When they find oh out, do they treat God. you different? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to hang around like lifers. Like dudes tell me, he said, dude, you know, like a dude, like, hey man, you know, uh, so and so, right? You know, you know that dude got life, right? The better watch out with him, man, because if you're around to do a life, you don't know if he's a predator, if he's trying some slick shit to try to get in cool, maybe see your mail address. You know, dudes that see your mail address and send somebody to your mama's house. You know, dudes is like, there's a lot of predatory. Oh. You got to be really on, and dudes are master manipulators because. They've been in the system so long, you've adapted. Yeah. You became a creature of habit. So at the highest level there, you have to really know people and body language and, and feel and know what you're dealing with. And if you got certain people that you know are possibly detrimental to your health, you have to be able to isolate them quick and find out who they are. And if you need to deal with them, neutralize them. Because there's not a whole lot of What do you mean topic. by neutralize? Like sleep ne with the fishes? Ne <laughs> well, well, neutralize them in the sense where you either... Find ways to not come in direct conflict because it's gonna be a knife fight because you're like you're a big dude. They're not gonna they're not it's gonna be a jump situation because most dudes have homies. Oh. So when they see it's like a you know that type of situation. I'm be, me being a decent sized dude. I know that I would have to defend myself in a way where I can possibly kill somebody or two. You know, chop somebody in the neck. You you know you got to do things. You know, gouge a motherfucker uh, eyeballs out. You yeah. got to be ready yeah, 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 because yeah. it's not like it's not a hand to hand like literally. You know, you're gonna deal with somebody at a different level to where you don't want them to have to even come back a second time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and set examples so people don't oh, don't mess with him. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. so that's the type of environment. Shit, it's yeah. very, it's very predatory. Like I said, dudes in there. You know, you're 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 based off reputation, and then you know people are depending on who you are. Dudes are googling you. Oh, what do you say he in for? Yeah, check, see if he's lying. I've seen dudes there that were like walking around. Oh man, this dude, he's an OG. Blah blah blah. And then somebody show up, and next thing you know, some information drop. Dude, that dude, they punish him. Punish him until he go from, from being good to next day bad. Overnight, like wow. this that quick because the homies, the homies gonna do it to you. Hey man, we're gonna have a meeting up in a gym. Man, you go up in a gym, man, they 
they gonna rat pack your ass. You know, what does that mean? <laughs> they gonna, that means they're gonna get up in there, we're talking, and then all of us gonna look, whoop, like wolves. Ba -ba 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 -ba, I mean, stomping. I seen a dude stomping. Penis out. is out or no? No, uh, none of that. I don't know. What, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the pack Come means. On, dude. Yeah, I was like, yeah, pack means that, dude, you're getting packed out. I mean, they're gonna <laughs> stomp your head, everything. I mean, literally. Yeah. Literally, man. Yeah, it's, it's vicious, man. No, none of that yet. Was that your first time in prison, or did you have other. Uh, I, man, I've been to Juvenile Hall, yeah. I've been to California Youth Authority. So I had been in trouble previously, and um, you know I hadn't really had the opportunity to heal myself. And the thing that was different in the feds is you're dealing with a grown man, and in, in that situation, I found a mentor who taught me about myself. You know, I learned a lot about myself. I had a, a, a brother up in there, older brother, who laced me up. I had a, um, a white dude who taught me a lot about the law, learned a lot about the legalese, how to file motions, how to help other people. Wow. I had another partner in there who's Korean who put me up on like Buddhist uh, uh, Buddhist meditation. What was that guy in there for? Um, uh, bank robbery, you know. And we're still tight to this day though. All my friends that I made in there, and a lot of my friends were multicultural, which kind of threw off the whole prison politics situation because yeah. you know you can't I can't go sit at your table yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean you got your table me you can kind of outside like a little bit but your homies like they're not cool with that so you gotta navigate and people it's get, like Romeo and Juliet exactly <laughs> you know you, like me talking to the white guy like what are you talking to the white guy for well, what are you doing over here people are watching your every movement oh yeah so it's a lot of that going on in there but um yeah you know when I went to juvenile hall for selling crack man um when I was younger and then I had uh did time I did like six months in juvenile hall for that and then I'd also, uh, I've been in trouble. I went to uh, CYA for my involvement in a home invasion when I was uh, 18. So I had made some mistakes, man, but it wasn't like I was out trying to trace a drug habit or um, I had some crazy addiction or anything like that. I just was making bad choices because I didn't have the right guidance or mentorship. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a straight A student, man. I mean, I 4.0, I graduated 3.7. I mean, it was school was like, I was always good in school. I wasn't stupid. I had. You know, I, start, I had my first business license at six, uh, 15 and a half, 16. I started a clothing line. You know, I was skateboarding, BMXing. I mean, I actually wrote, uh, I think, shoe designs to Nike, uh, Adidas to try to get on, to try to design. Before all these people, wow. you know, off-white and all of them were doing all this, Kanye, I was writing these people, looking on the back of shoe boxes, trying to get on. You know, yeah. I was trying shit. Yeah. Before I sold drugs, I'm like, man, maybe I can design shoes or maybe I can design video games. I don't know if you guys remember in television, the old yeah. school. Yeah. Yeah. I had in television, I'm like, I'm like, man, I can make a game, you know, before I knew what coding was. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, yeah. I drew yeah. some little stuff, a bunch of different <laughs> pages. I wish I still had that stuff. It's probably worth a lot of money. And I, I wrote them and sent it to them. Them, I sent it to Coleco. Yep. I sent Coleco. it to Atari. You know, I was That's doing serious. stuff. In my hood, nobody was doing, nobody told me to do this stuff, but yeah. I just figured, because it was on yellow page, there was no smartphone. Yeah. So I would look, and then TV wasn't nobody talking about this, but I would always be looking at like business magazines. I'm like, how do you do that? Maybe I can do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Let me try to write them or looking for addresses. You know, I made a demo tape one time for, I wanted to, you know, do rap. I sent it out to different, you know, back in the, you know, back in the tape. Remember they had the little cassette, they had a little address. Oh, I tried yeah. to send stuff in. I tried all kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like crime with just, my only thing i tried other stuff before <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know and that's it just you know that's what it fell into but um yeah man it just took a long time for me to learn but while i was in prison in the feds is when i said you know what i got to get out and help people 
and I need to come up with something that shows a different perspective of somebody who's done time that's changed their life to maybe influence some of these people on the street differently than glorifying the shit. It wasn't a glorified about yeah. prison. Oh. What did your uh, mentor, what was he in there for? My mentor, my the, the white guy mentor was in there for making synthetic heroin. He was doing 30 years. He uh, was balling. He actually was really smart, dude. He had he taught me about Black's Law, about the congressional letters uh, of con like the congressional Congress letters, um, congressional acts. He taught me about um, a lot about the uh, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, just how to shepherdize cases, how to file habeas corpuses, how to petition wow. the U.S. Attorney Manual. He actually put his daughter through Chapman College, and she worked for Federal Reserve. So this dude was like high pay, he was super smart, man. A genius dude, but he was a heroin addict. I didn't know, he ended up dying yeah. in prison of heroin. After oh I got out, yeah, God. dude told me he overdosed in there. Yeah, he oh, died no. of heroin, man, sad, man. Dude was hella smart, Vietnam veteran, but he was in there doing 30 years for heroin. And then my other mentor, the black guy, he was in there, he was, uh, he was like a, what do you call it, like a, Truck heist. He used to do truck licks, like where you take the containers, like Vin Diesel shit. Yeah, take the <laughs> containers, <laughs> and he would uh, he would slang them to like you know he had like um, somebody who would buy the the goods in there. Like, it was like so, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, oh. so like you know like yeah. a container full of like TVs or high tech stuff or whatever the case may be, and he was making like you know six figures a month. Had a Testarossa Damn. Porsche on the street, but he, he he was different. He was from South Central, but. He wore his pants up high, didn't sag, mm -hmm. you know, very articulate, um, you know, wasn't a gang member. And he made me look at myself like, why do you, why do you act like this? You know, why you, why would you talk like this? Why would you say this? Why would you do that? And he started pushing a lot of spiritual stuff on me, like stuff like to read that opened my mind up to expand just how I looked at myself. Cause I never had that. I never had nobody like really yeah. giving me that game. I'm just rock, running around, just trying shit. What would he ask you to read? What would he tell you? Um, to read? Conversations with God, uh, Neil uh, Neil Scott uh, Neil Donald Scott Walsh, um, Deepak Tropa, um, Sylvia Saint. Um, just a lot of spiritual stuff, like different types of uh, articles and books that just made you think about your existence about religion, things that contradict your religion, things that um, other spiritual uh, insights that made you question your purpose in life and things about like uh, um, culture, you know, being black, what it means to represent yourself, how you carry yourself and just put it in perspective to see like, look, you know, am I carrying myself in a righteous manner or am I just out here acting like a damn fool? Why are you doing this? And just making it, making me think. A lot of people don't want to think because it's painful. Yeah, it, it's like you makes you like, wow, man, maybe I've been, you know, messing up my whole life. Maybe everything I've been taught has been a lie or, you know, I made these mistakes, but you got to own up to it. And in the process, you're no longer a victim. When you're no longer a victim, you can't sit there and point the finger at nobody. Yeah. Oh, my daddy. Oh, my mama. Oh, this and that. Oh, this. You know, you can't keep making all the excuses. You got to own up. And when you own up to something, that means now you're, you have to create change. A lot of people don't, that's why they don't want to be a, continue to be a victim because I don't have to change. Yeah. Oh, the government. Oh, the white man. Oh, <laughs> man. oh slave. Oh, crack. Yeah. Oh, crack. <laughs> that's a good one. Oh, you, you weren't even around when crack came out. Oh, but crack. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. What was that turning point for you? Because it's like, was it like immediately when you got in prison? It's like, oh, now's the time to change. The turning point was when I, when we ran across that spike strip on a freeway. <laughs> <laughs> the car literally turned around. <laughs> oh, so you guys actually were able to leave the premises. Oh, dude, but it's it just was, a high-speed. It, it was a crazy man. We we they they we 
left the bank, pulled out the bank. Coincidentally, when we pulled out, a cop car bumped us. I don't know if he no, knew it was the way. But see, while we were in the bank, <laughs> when I was in the bank and I'm telling the dude to hurry up, I'm looking out the window. I got a, I got a like M1 carbine. I'm like holding it down. The security, I'm like got everybody on the ground. I'm looking from the corner of my peripheral. I see a sheriff in a in a in a um, rain suit. So I'm like, oh, man, they're already here. So I'm like, dude, come on, get up out, let's get up out of here. And he's still up in there panic, doing all this stuff. And so I'm like, come on, man, I've run out. He comes out after me. We jump in the car, we pull out. We're in a Ford, white Ford Escort, Ford order. Pull out, cop pulls right behind us, boom. I'm like, oh, man, he bumps up, boom. We we take off, we head up the street, and there's like a, almost like a, like a, like the area like this, kind of like where you have like a different types of businesses, industrial, industrial area, area yeah. and we pull in. We pull in this one that's kind of open, and the cop gets out, get out the car. And we're like, damn, dude, what's up? Already it's over. And like, we're sitting there thinking, and the dude guns it, guns it past the cop, boom, go around, and we go to another little industrial place where we had another car hidden, which was a navigator. Oh. So we switched, jumped out the, the car, jumped in the navigator. Now, three black guys early in the morning, navigator. We pull out. The cops are swarming already. <laughs> we pull out, and one of the cops sees us, and they, we look, I mean, Dude, they know we, we're out of pocket. We're, we're <laughs> potential suspects. We pull out high-speed chase. 101 freeway, Ventura, heading down Ventura, like past Thousand Oaks. And, dude, they were honest. It was raining. It was just, you know, helicopter. No one checked the weather before the robbery? <laughs> the rain, it should have, I mean, you know what? To be honest, that morning, there was a sign that I wasn't supposed to go. See, that's why you got to know. It's not gut feeling. You got to know the signs. My mom called me like 7 in the morning asking what I was doing. Oh, oh shit. shit. That's crazy. Dude, I'm sitting there with this this army fatigue thing on, just waiting for the pickup. <laughs> Dude, my mom's like, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm watching the news. She's like, did you watch The Bachelor last night? I'm like, yeah, you know. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> first season of The Bachelor. You know what I mean? The finale. It was a finale. That was a big deal. That was the first season. And I'm like, when I got the phone, I'm like, something, you know what I mean? I didn't catch it. Yeah. That was like a sign from the universe. Like, yeah. dude, just stay home. If I would have stayed home, I would have been cool. Yeah. I'd have stayed home, man. I had a house. I was living around off of Beverly Glen and like Beverly Hills, nice area, big, nice spot. And it's like, oh, man, I went and took the dog out. I'm like, you know, it didn't feel right. You know, but you know, you try to shake it off. Oh man, maybe you know. Man, I'm just nervous. Maybe it was I'm a big just day. No, it was a sign, man, and I didn't, I didn't read the signs. So, like I said, we we got in a high speed chase, spike strip. They let the they let the uh, canine, I guess, ran into the car. I jumped out of the car like lightning speed, jumped over the center divider, ran across the four, the 101 freeway, ran up an embankment. I, I don't know. I thought I was gonna try to hide somewhere, and they caught me on the Ventura Beat Boardwalk, on the boardwalk, and and with the ocean right there, like. Like eight cops, get on the ground. I just, man, I just got on the ground. I wasn't gonna resist. Yeah. Get on the ground, and that's when I had the epiphany like, this is a wrap. This is it. This is, you know, yeah. this is the game's over. Yeah. You know, gang, uh, the game's over. And I looked down to the ocean, and that was my last vision. Oh. I'm like, man, I'm gonna be. I just seen the ocean, heard the waves. Yeah. I'm like, this is crap. That's it. Right. That's last time I seen the ocean for the next decade. Damn. You know, oh. and that's when I had the epiphany. So when I got, once I put the handcuffs on me, I immediately said in my mind, I'm gonna distance myself from these two dudes. Bad, it's bad, it's a bad, bad juju, man. Mm. Bad energy. And I went from there and I just took my path from that day on. I started studying and just changing the way I looked at life. And then that's how I met these mentors on my journey. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You mentioned that there was that moment that you could have just stayed home. But do you think that if you stayed home, like, 
there would have been another time in the future that you would have like gotten you know caught what? up in the same thing because that that wouldn't have been your turning point then you know the only way it maybe would have been turning point maybe if i would have saw the news and saw these oh, dudes got yeah, killed or something yeah. happened oh, then i thought yeah. oh that could have yeah, been me yeah, yeah. you think that would have snapped you out of it or? it, it, it might have but coincidentally i mean not coincidentally it's that but both those dudes are dead yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. i had a greater uh, purpose they're both uh, dead man yeah. one dude he got out before me dude he died like a, a couple months after i got out right. just got sick and the other guy, he never, he lost his sanity, went crazy, stopped showering, just went crazy up in there, man. And, you know, he was a straight, before he went locked up, he was a good dude, but went crazy, got out, went, lived on Skid Row. Wow. Living in a tent, got killed on Skid Row. Wow. Damn. You know? So, you know, there's a lesson to be learned, man, and people think like, oh, man, this and that. And, dude, you, you know, until you get up in there and you start seeing what's going on, it's a totally different thing. And it's like it changes some people for the better, some people for the worse. But a lot of people come out and they don't they don't get it because they're not strong enough to be. In, you got to be a, an individual to separate yourself to be able to make it through that 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 trial and tribulation without getting caught up. Because once you start hanging with the homies and then you try to stop, it's hard, man, because like, oh, no, you're not going to walk the yard with us. So you start something you gotta want. You don't want to ever start something you can't finish, mm. and that's the thing. That's why I never tried to like go hang. Out. Oh come on, man, come on. No, I'm yeah. cool. So I'm cool. A lot of people talk about how like as soon as you go in, you need protection and stuff like that, right? But for you, you didn't. No. It was fine. You didn't get bothered. No, no. no. You just mind no your own homies. business. Yeah. No homies. No, no OGs. No, my hood wasn't up in there. None of that, man. I. But I, what I did was I knew how to talk to people and I knew how to kind of read energy. So I would know, you could walk by a dude and tell that dude's a killer. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a conversation with a dude, he's like, oh man, I'm doing life, man. I don't know what I did. And I'm like, dude, he's like, I know you, dude, you were, you were a hit man. You know, I could tell what you were doing. <laughs> 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 you, were, you were a goddamn killer, man. But yeah, it's cool. I don't know what I you did. Know what I, mean? <laughs> I don't know why I'm even here. Yeah, damn government, you know what I mean? <laughs> Aren't so, there a lot of people uh, in jail that think they're innocent? They, like, think well, they didn't do in, it. in their mind, they want to think that I'll be free one day. And they're, mm, you know, oh. and, and I have seen, you know, fortunately, I have seen some guys who had lives who are out now out. Some of them got pardons, some of them got laws changed, so they got out through drugs. But, like, you know, most of these guys, when you know, they started hearing about because most guys don't really tell you. You hear from so -and -so, somebody else, like, hey, man, you know, so and so, dude, they got like 20 bodies on their case. Like, God, they have 20 bodies. And they're like, yeah, and you see the dude, what's up, big Eric, man, whoop, whoop. Like, damn, man, he's out. You know, it's like, dude, this dude, they were out there taking up without. You know, but nobody, no, no killer. That's the stupid thing. No killer in jail. I miss you, the killer. See, these dudes out here. Oh, I'm a, I'm a hitter. I'm a, dude, I'm a shooter. Nobody. I've never met nobody in prison. Jig is up, bro. Scared to death if they get indicted. You get called up like, dude, they're going to bring more. Scared to death. Nobody in prison has ever admitted that they killed anybody. But every, all the rappers want to say they killed Rico, oh Rico, man, Rico, you don't beat, you plead out. Rico, bro, you know you hear him talking Rico, oh, Rico, Rico, you do not, you do not want a Rico. CCE, bro, you know how hard it is to beat, man. Shit. So explain Rico. Rico's a ra it's a racketeering charge. Influence right? corruption organization. It's just ba basically being an organized crime gang, right? And but they take down the whole unit. Yeah. And, and what they do All is see now. Right? These guys all talking about gang members. That's Rico. Because that's Automatic. what happened in the YSL right oh, now. Oh my right? god, dude. Yeah. Dude, you do you you never want to go on label. When, they, when you go to prison, they say, "Are you part of a gang?" You never say you're part of a gang. Oh, what did that tattoo mean? Oh man, it's like that my mom got that for me. <laughs> <laughs>